0: Welcome back to the Film Alchemist podcast, the show where we take the movies we love, put them in a pod, send them through all kinds of colorful, weird wormholes to a place where we don't know what's at, neither here nor there. We are a show that talks about movies we like, and then, you know, that's the And then talks about
1: the science behind them. That's the
0: show. Yeah. So I'm Josh Griffey, joined as always by my friend, co-host, and priest who just couldn't not get it.
1: <laughs> that's good. Alex Dandino <laughs>
0: Before today's just baffling episode. I can't, wait to read, <laughs> I can't wait to
1: read you my note on that beat
0: specifically. That's right. It's We'll get to it. A little business, people. It's official. We're on Patreon. That's right. Patreon.com slash Phil Malcolm pod. If you want more of this just whip crack razor sharp intros, you got to go to Patreon.com slash Phil Malcolm pod. The best place to help us grow this show. But. You also have a treasure trove, right? Like that uh lion's head in the desert in Aladdin. It's just a treasure trove waiting for you and you can touch. And you can touch for the right price. We're that kind of who are. It's true. Um This is like an insane intro. Just imagine thousands
1: of pages of text that are deciphered <laughs> from a well, video. Uh...
0: <laughs> That's We it's we've it, we've had, we've had a, an emotional day, so it's going to be a wild one. That's um, the Patreon for you. Yeah. But we have a huge Patreon library over there of exclusive episodes. We have many series. We have commentary. We have all kinds of awesome stuff over there. We work really hard to make that fun and worth your while. So if you'd go over to patreon.com slash Pod, we'd appreciate it. Make sure you support the show by subscribing to the YouTube FilmAlchemist. Email the show Pod at gmail.com. We're on all the social media you're on. Now there's even new social medias we're supposed to be on. That's always fucking awesome. Great for that.
1: Yeah. Apparently, it's supposed also, to be threads and blue sky and, oh, my God. Bing. Who knows?
0: I'm excited about that. Let me put it that way. <laughs> also, if you'd be so kind, make sure to leave a five-star rating and review anywhere and everywhere you find the pod. Mm-hmm. Helps us defeat the algorithmic scientific dick that withholds our funding and steals our credit. Neither here nor there. I'm not sure if you guys uh, have already picked up on what we're putting down. Today for our uh, aliens invade the pod month, which this is the weirdest kind of an alien invasion movie. We're talking about Robert Zemeckis's Contact. Now I remember this movie from when I was a kid. Yep. And I remember it not interesting me at all when my parents were like we have a movie we think you'll like because you like Star Wars. Right. And then wow. they proceed to play Weird the jump. longest fucking movie of my childhood. Yep. Yep. Contact. Mm-hmm. Um. This movie is such a baffling set of choices. Um, It's this bizarre fucking series of decisions, but anchored by just this one of the best performances of her career by Jodie Foster. Just this really compelling story of this, this woman who becomes the avatar for humanity in a movie that constantly reminds us how much we all should just let aliens come down and clear us off the face of the earth. Mm-hmm. Um, just a baffling set of choices, this film. So, Alex, opening thoughts on Contact, which you picked. I do. You, you had something you wanted to talk about with this movie. So I did, Contact.
1: yeah. I, so, Contact. I was actually really excited to see this movie in the theaters. I didn't know what it was about. Um, I saw the trailer for it when we saw another movie. I was like, whoa, that's some shit. Like, there's some fucked up shit that could happen. <laughs> It was around the time, like so. I've told this story on the show before, but like my dad, like my Independence Day story is my dad woke me up at like ten o'clock at night the night when the the day that Independence Day premiered. I was in school. My dad woke me up that like the night it premiered, and he was like, "Hey, let's go see a movie." I was like, "What? It's eleven. It's it's like a, it's like ten o'clock at night. I'm not gonna be able to go to school." He's like, "Yeah, you will. You'll go to school in the morning, but like let's go see Independence Day." I was like, "Okay." So we woke up and went to the movie theater near Noblesville at, for like an 11.45 showing of Independence Day. Which is a really special memory for me and my dad. Pretty sure I saw the trailer for this for Independence Day. Maybe. I don't remember the timeline, to be honest with you. But because I had seen Independence Day, I was like, fuck, dude. Alien movies rule. <laughs> I like this movie. I do genuinely like this movie. I think it's a fun, like... General application of the real world application of what would happen if we had some sort of experience like this because, yeah, like it does show how woefully unprepared the entire human race is for like any sort of contact from another planet. The religious implications, the scientific yeah. implications, the whole thing. Jody Foster is very good, yes, however, yes, there are several choices that I'm not entirely sure I could explain let alone. And I, I never read the book. I bought the book right, right after I saw this movie, I bought the book. Didn't really understand it when I was a kid reading. It was like not reading. It was not a good idea when I was a kid. Cause I was just like, it wasn't as exciting. Cause I don't know about you. Like a couple of times I would buy the book after I'd see the movie when I was young and not understand that it's not like an exact replica it's not an it's not that kind of it's not that kind of thing so that was always like my heart that was always like one of those hurdles for me and especially for contact because it's it's a Carl Sagan novel Carl Sagan writes very differently than most writers like it's not like going to a Stephen King movie and then reading a Stephen King book
0: so sure I'm sure somewhere in his mind his imaginings were fascinating right and probably like listening to him tell us that over a Fraser style brandy (laughs) <laughs> would be great i don't think this the is IDs one of bad. the worst fucking screenplays for a major like this was yeah. a major movie michael right? hart like, wrote it along yeah with everyone wanted the to see this it, this is one of the worst screenplays it's pretty bad that i have sat and bared witness to and especially a guy like zemeckis right he's he's at the pinnacle of his powers right you can see the giant enormous machinery of this movie operating right yeah the thought that no one just sat down for even an hour and was like, hey, can we kick some things around in this script? Like, can we, can we just, you know, kick the tires and see if like the rear view window fall? This, yeah. this script is so fucking egregiously bad, right? And I do think this script is a little bit helped now that we're watching this in a post pandemic world where yeah. we 100% specifically saw, cause watching scenes in this movie reminded me of like oh yeah we do just fucking suck yeah right like you know as people are trying to figure out this thing that like we're barely able to comprehend right at a national level right Mm -hmm. there is a pandemic that is deadly it's going to require us to change some things we don't have all the scientific data now we're going to have to learn with the general public can we all get on the same page and we were all kind of like, well, I'd like to like not go to work for a week or two. And then after that, everyone just said, fuck you, fuck you. And everyone went apeshit. Joe yeah. Rogan all of a sudden becomes our national James Woods. It was like it was an insane time to live through. We were like, yeah. oh, we are just never going to ever get on the same page. So I think this movie was ahead of its time in kind of capturing our buffoonery. Yeah. Well, so right. Because there's that- a line in the movie and this is like the way I would sum up this entire movie. Because it still has this very like Christian white American mind space, right? Well, it's but like there's the a whole line in the movie where the movie. Uh, fucking Rob Lowe or James Wood, one of the douchey conservatives, I can't remember, but he just goes, We don't know if, I think it's James Woods, right? Or no, it was Rob Lowe, it was in their cabinet meeting. Yeah, no, Rob Lowe is getting the, the Rob Lowe does And this they're like, like <laughs> Pat Buchanan. But no, this, impression. this is the line I want to say, though, right? Is there just like, we don't know if this is a Trojan horse. We don't know what they want. And then one of them goes, and we don't know if they believe in God. <laughs> yeah. And you go, yeah, that's why we as a species are a fucking embarrassment. Like half of our own planet or more doesn't believe in our white Americanized Coca-Cola God. I like think the thought that, that they're just like... like, we don't know if the aliens believe in God instead of God being instantly shattered. That's well, think exactly that's like where we cracks. are as a species.
1: That is the crux of the argument in the movie, like most of it. And, I mean, it starts in a very surreptitious way, which is... I think this is the strangest... This truly is the weirdest part of the movie. And this is a movie that has a lot of weird shit. So, you, you're introduced to um, introduced to Jodie Foster's character, who's basically, she's this math genius who has decided to dedicate right. her lives to the search for extraterrestrials, essentially. So, she works for SETI, which is the... Um, Search stone for cold
0: Extraterrestrial p- Life Institute, something like Institute, that. Institute, yeah.
1: basically the stone-cold pack of weirdos who look for aliens on a daily basis. Not a bad thing. Like, you know, it's it's literally pure. It's As she says in the beginning of the movie, like, what's wrong with pure research? It's research for research's sake, rather than, like, science being profitable, which is uh, Tom Skerritt's character constantly going. Like, Tom Skerritt's character is basically, like, the guy who understands, like, yeah, I understand that you want to research all your stuff, and that's fine. But at some point, somebody has to pay for it, and that's why we're here. Is I'm showing people what they have to pay
0: for. Yeah, which and to know. be fair, he's right. He's right. He's fucking like, right. In the, yeah, sense, of, us, in the sense of help us, help us. Cancer or fix the global environment. <laughs> there's a
1: lot of. I, I think the interesting thing about this movie and besides the script being yeah script is fucking bad like and i'm I not mean, th-
0: this is uh, of the like major big movies that all of our parents wanted to see in theaters it's bad script, i cannot off the top of my head think of a worse screenplay and I mean, i'm we'll sure get it to, exists somewhere we'll get to what i, I don't think know is, what it is like
1: to me the worst part like the probably the worst crimes committed are the lines that they have to give <laughs> fucking matthew mcconaughey because like he's just like he's not committed to the bit like, it's it's not that he's a bad actor. Like, he does a good job. It's just a bad script. So, anyways, it starts with that, and then we're introduced to Matthew McConaughey's character. We're not told who he is really at first, but there is, like, a vibe. Like, the shoe's about to drop with this guy. And then, well, basically.
0: first off, when we first meet Matthew McConaughey, he's dressed like a Matthew McConaughey he's character. He's dressed like Matthew right? McConaughey. Like, he's in Sahara. He's a guy. He's sweaty. He's got half the, like, tits out. Yeah. He's like, hey, what's up? You want to have Dan or hi, hi? Hey, what's up, guys? Let's and have And You know, dinner. He's, just, he's doing his thing. He's here to just try to sling dick. Yeah. And you're like, it's weird he's trying to get an interview for a book. You're like, but that seems like a, a pickup tool. So that makes sense. Right. They bang. So, and then at the dinner top scare, it's like Father Voss. Father like, Voss. Wait, wait, what? Yeah. So, like, what? basically
1: you find out the hottest guy in the room is a man of God. And you're like, okay. So now, like, Well, this as becomes- he says, he's
0: like, I'm a man of the cloth without the clown because cl- cla- he couldn't Clau, abide like, celibacy <laughs> yeah because but he he's a man who knew that if there was a god he sculpted him and his perfect body and dick <laughs> <laughs> to get the, to spread I, things Matthew McConaughey,
1: the Matthew McConaughey <laughs> as like the hot fuckable priest is a real choice and I, mean, I have again, to like, say
0: this is such a fucking stupid thing that we have in the movie but the the priest I want to bang trope Awesome. It's one of my favorite it's, dumb things that we've it's invented. It's so
1: dumb. And I mean, like, the gag is so <laughs> hilarious. You're just like, got it. So, this, this is guy- the most
0: egregious version of that that's not like an actual like, I mean, like pornography or asylum movie.
1: The problem is, too, is that the whole movie hinges on her wanting to fuck this guy the entire time. So, she has to literally sit there and have an orgasmic religious experience if she wants to fuck this guy and then admit she's seen God. After he's had sex with her. Right. Essentially.
0: But the movie takes a fair gamble, right? Could we imagine that one night with McConaughey would make you be believe like, in God? That was fun. I want to do that again. Not that you believe in God, <laughs> but just that you're like, I'll tolerate this fucking moron's existence. So it's like, I can get another one of those.
1: It's just such a strange, <laughs> again, this is what the movie becomes. No, the, the problem, the, the problem is, is it starts with the intersection, like the, the intersection of like, commerce and religion and science like these three things that don't go together that have to go together because that's the world we live in which is fine like that's yeah part of the argument about science in general hilariously though the representation of religion <laughs> is two people one the hottest fucking guy that would ever believe in god ever and then jake Busey. like these are the two people in the movie that yeah. you're like wow boy god Really Busey really
0: is how I imagine religion. So, yeah. like, that that was pretty spot on. We'll get but to But also, Busey. you're like, yeah, they shoot him like he's one of the deep blue sea sharks. Yeah. You just immediately, are like, this is going to be a problem. Okay. Right? okay guy's got a problem. Yeah. We shouldn't have bred that thing. Yeah. Like, uh, is Jake Busey, like,
1: Jake Busey never doesn't look suspicious. Like, it's
0: like, <laughs> yeah. It's like he's pre built in with all of the drugs his dad ever did yeah. at once, right? You're just but he's saying, actually, I've always liked him as an actor. I, it's liked just, in this I don't movie, have a
1: problem with Jake Busey. He's just so on the nose. You're just like, who's going to be the problem? That guy.
0: Right. That guy. Well, when you we right go there. through the fucking flea market, right? Like now that it's out in the world's going to set up like a fucking District 9 village outside yeah, of yeah. the fucking arrays. When you see him doing his little snake oil salesman, you're like. Yeah, that's right. That guy was probably just taking twelve year old daughters somewhere in like Utah, right? But now he's like out here promoting. This came out. We have Elvis. We have like all these people, right? This is the core of this movie that I fucking that I struggle with so mightily. There's two massive fucking problems with this movie. Yeah. Which is one the whole I'm gonna add like an extra 40 minutes of movie to do this like relationship with her dad. Yeah. To the point where When she's banging McConaughey, she's thinking and talking about her dad is, like, the most bizarre. So that when the alien comes at the end and poses as her dad, the alien is still talking to her as if he's her actual father in, like, the creepiest fucking subtle ways, right? Like, it's a really, truly disturbing moment in the movie to me. But this whole idea that her dad wanted her to, like, CB random fucking truckers in Florida... Right. And we're supposed to believe he was like this man of honor and science and integrity. Neither the, the father thing is just one of the weakest, like just cockneyed fucking, you know, or hackneyed things I've ever seen in a movie like this. will link to the audience because the and the reason they had to do this thing and fucking bloat the runtime of this movie so much is because I have never watched a movie, not Cronenberg, not Von Trier. That fucking has so little value for us as a species. This is the core problem with this movie. This movie believes truly that we are a fucking horrible little race of parasites and we do not deserve to live.
1: I Other than
0: Jodie Foster, who I would say I at best is I a fucking fanatic, I don't know. Not if one person in this movie that. presents any value as part of the human race.
1: I think that's an oversimplification a little bit.
0: I'm just saying, show me one scene in that movie where you're like, I'm glad we are humans and exist. that doesn't involve Jodie Foster's final testimony. I
1: I think to say that the movie is supposing that all human beings
0: are assholes is a little Oh, for, I mean, this movie fucking hates us as a species. I would say hates the us. three
1: people that, because here's the other thing, too back to this, the Matthew McConaughey thing mm-hmm. besides him being like the hottest dude who ever believed in God in the movie. The other thing about it is his whole like shtick is because he's like, because he's a man of the cloth without the cloth because he's doing this, what his liar. other bit, like you find out he's a, he basically like turned down being, you know, a kid fucker to go out and do, uh, uh, you know mission work in third world countries which is the right way to go when you're you know part of that whole thing um but the other like he's writing he writes a lot of books and a lot of like you find out four years later after they first meet four years later what you find out is he writes a lot of books about um the intersection of technology and what it takes away from us as a, as, a, as a human race right like what it takes away from us not necessarily about religion but does it take away our humanity and that kind of thing which
0: right which is, is what every single dumb person thinks
1: it's <laughs> it's not necessarily what everything every single
0: dumb person weren't thinks. we happier before air like if I was on that show interviewing me he's like has technology made us happier I'd be like yes how about air conditioning? How about refrigerators? How about toilets in our house? Like, what are you talking about, you dumb fucking bumpkin?
1: Right. I think what he's talking about, if I may, is that we are, and he's right, we are more connected than we ever were before, yet in a way we also feel very solitary
0: and alone. Well, weirdly, his argument works better today than it did in the mid-90s. Oh, no, I
1: 1,000% agree. (laughs) Like, in the mid-90s, this is... So, to me... I remember
0: the, it was the end of the 90s where we started using AOL Instant Messenger, and that right. was, like, mind-blowing. To me, mind blowing. the way <laughs>
1: this movie works... To me, the, this movie works in a time capsule of, like, 97 and 99, because, yeah, like, the internet doesn't blow up yet. Like, we only have email, essentially, at the moment yeah. in this movie.
0: And why would you ever have emailed anyone back then? That was just, like, a weird idea if you weren't, like, right. a business person.
1: Like, other, unless you're John Hurt living on the Mir space station, there's really no reason to email anybody. So, I would say... The thing that this movie most reacts to, and the reason it worked in 1997 is because I think it came out after the Heaven's Gate scenario. So, well, right, what this you have is
0: in, in this the, weird, like, we're grappling with: can we be a so religious what you nation have, again?
1: Right. So, what you have is people who have taken religion so far to the extreme. Yeah that science looks so much better in the face of religion because of the heaven's gate thing. So you have a movie that is asking people like, do you believe in God or do you believe in science? I think what Carl Sagan, a lot of the time, and I don't read a lot of Carl Sagan, but to me, what the movie's trying to say is like, it doesn't necessarily have to be mutually exclusive. Like you can be a spiritual person and still believe and still think science is correct, which is fine. What you can't do is assign this universal god to every single this is like you can't assign a universal god or religion to every single terrestrial life form out there it's impossible
0: well i mean this is the thing right it's okay to be spiritual in the sense of having awe in some greater thing of course that maybe we are this is what jodie foster says this is her other kind of Dumb thing where she's like, why do you want to do this? Besides that, she's just obsessed with fucking everyone giving her credit right. for everything. And every man in the movie is constantly bodying her and being a piece of shit. She's like, what if I get one small answer to why we're here? And you're like, no, we won't. Like, yeah, it won't I don't matter. You went up there and it didn't fucking matter to anyone. And now her life is going to be fucking miserable the rest of her life like a fucking Doctor Who companion. So let's just fucking throw this out. This fucking white Christian landscape that this whole battle is fought on right Mm -hmm. the problem is is it's okay to be spiritual and have awe in the creation we are yeah believe that there is some purpose the problem is is when you turn it into this fucking diet coke chad kroger jesus that rob lowe and mcconaughey believe in yeah that's fucking insane what if these fucking creatures that are now reaching out to us well what if they were somehow involved in our creation what if they are fucking god Well, let's not get into – let's
1: not talk about Prometheus yet, all right? Please. Well,
0: (laughs) I mean, honestly, Prometheus' script is fucking 300 times better than this, and that's a fucking shocking admission for me. I would – But this this is is the problem. The whole movie has to be fought on this battle. But this is really – The core of the the reality is that the white Christian headspace is correct. Right, so – And it's fucking crazy.
1: I wouldn't – they're not. Neither Neither of them are correct. Like, this is the problem with the movie. For one, well, it's no, a No, she's movie.
0: correct. They're wrong.
1: <laughs> right. So, this is the problem with the movie, really, is that it's a movie. Like, this is the kind of thing. This is not, like, this is 97. We have not decided that we can make great TV yet. Because this, to me, is like a TV oh.
0: series. No, this would be an if you unwatchable you do, 10 If you episodes. do,
1: like... Incorrect. If you do like a 20, if you did, if you did like a 10 episode mini series or something about like this, that'd probably work a little better because then you actually have the ability to play out these arguments. You cannot do this in two and a half hours. Those concepts are so heady. It is hard to do that conversation. They try to do it three times. The worst one is at like the ball or whatever they're at when they find out that it's a, um, it gets leaked that it's a machine when they're out on the terrace and yeah fucking matthew mcconaughey and her arguing whether or not jesus is real essentially being I mean, like well you don't have any proof like where's the right. proof that god is real?" he's like did you love your father prove yes. it. it's like that's not even close
0: to the same fucking yes. thing like well th- this on. is the thing because christians in this country have fucking invented problem. this fucking jujitsu of like childish argument well which is when you just say everything's faith that's fine Ten episodes is not gonna. Br- I mean, this movie doesn't have enough story for the two and a half hour runtime.
1: But either way, regard. Let's. What I'm saying is that the straw man argument that they have to do to get through the movie, right, can play out better if you have the time. They don't. It doesn't matter. Like the format that it's presented in is a movie. I'm I, not saying I it's think it's TV the issue
0: show. is that they needed us at the end. We needed to vindicate her and the journey we've been on. And when they cut to this like X Files moment where it's like she recorded eighteen hours of static, yeah, and he's like, "Hmm, ain't that interesting?" And we just do this into fucking well, Raiders of the Lost Ark, X Files. I think I think we need to we haven't even
1: we have not her. talked yet about the James Woods of it all. Like, because to, to me, because him and car- McConaughey
0: and Lowe are all kind of the same.
1: On. To me, thing. James Woods essentially is the avatar for everybody in the movie. Everybody in the movie who sucks comes into like. Like, right, it's funneled into the James Woods character. He's our Tom Cruise. Precisely, like, I yeah. legitimately I was talking with our friend Evan last night, and I was like, Yeah, I'm watching Contact. I'm like, Ted Cruz must watch this movie and just jerk off and be like, I'm gonna be like that today. Like, he literally spends the entire time James making Wood fun of it. James Wood won the movie, yeah, because the movie says he won the movie, because the movie says he won the movie, because yeah,
0: because at the end she's fucking doing like kindergarten fucking exposes on her antenna. <laughs>
1: Like, that that really is like the problem is, oh, there is like proof or some weird anomaly here. So what do you want to do is bury it? I don't know. I don't want anyone to know what I th- that this is the thing. So, yeah. I, I and that think is that's like, a
0: really sad place for the movie to end after two and a half hours. It's
1: depressing, but it also is probably accurate. Like, yeah, I mean, you're not wrong there. You're I mean, there's not wrong there. Nothing that doesn't make me think, hmm, I bet that's happened at least four times in this in the, yeah. the span of human in the span of human history, particularly in American history, oh, at dude. least four times we've been like, Yeah, bury that important thing. We don't want anyone to know yeah. about
0: it. Without fucking Tom DeLong for Blink 182 we would never be closer to <laughs> aliens. I mean yeah. this, this shit happens all yeah. the
1: time. Abraham Zapruder and Tom DeLong are the two people that have been trying to tell us it's the truth this, the whole time.
0: This is uh, so in my let's talk about this kind of as like a, a a mini version of the whole film right because mm-hmm. it just makes these strange choices right we went on the journey with her yeah i had forgotten in the film i thought i remembered that she just wakes up and tells the story and where and also i thought that was like 70 percent of the movie not like the last 30 minutes
1: oh you forgot that she actually i went forgot on the that journey? she
0: went in my brain she falls through wakes up and she's like did you see it if and you so want to talk about Because then the movie is asking us to do a, a faith in science or faith in yes. religion. Right. So I've Probably. always thought that was an interesting debate. Right? It's an interesting debate. The problem debate, is, but is not the movie, movie shows us for 10 minutes that she's traveling through everywhere. Mm-hmm. We see the, the beach scene with her dad, whatever that abomination was. We at least see it. He at least tells her there's tons of us. Uh, the engineers from Prometheus built all this shit a billion years ago. We don't know. We just fucking send the blueprints around. That's fine. Yeah. Um, That scene is so fucking rough. But what yeah. they do, right, is they show us that we've been on this journey and then ask us to fucking turn on the only character we've liked in the whole movie and say she's probably hallucinating because T. Cruz is fucking whipping softballs at her. And yeah. it's baffling. It's a baffling decision because when she comes out, And they start, there's no evidence. There's no scientific proof. This is what we saw from 40 cameras. I was like, this is really a great place for this movie. Like, this is where this movie works really well. Where they're saying, you're the scientist. Right? You look at this set of data, and what would you say if it was the Tom Skerritt's character, right? Yeah. And she goes, I have to concede. That works really well. That is where this movie fucking operates and is great.
1: Right. No, I... I don't disagree with you. Like this is a very good part of the movie. I this is the part of the movie I probably enjoy the most is that section because we've experienced this journey with her. Which I would argue
0: that should have been like twenty five minutes into the movie. I would argue sh- the
1: <laughs> moment where <laughs> the beach scene isn't very good, only to Ugh. be eclipsed by the scenes before where she's like she because. Basically, she keeps recording and talking through what's happening to her. They should have
0: sent a poet. Oh.
1: Don't get me started on that shit. Literally one of the worst lines in an entire movie. Like, I've never <laughs> witnessed something so stupid. Yeah. Words but, can't
0: describe, but the barista around my corner, he could capture this.
1: Feeling. But then, like, whatever that weird little, um, whatever that weird side face that keeps happening while she's like, oh, like, oh yeah. they're alive. Like, I'm like, stop this. Stop it right now. <laughs> I, like, uh, th- the, like, that is
0: i would say if 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 i were fucking doing the final like i'm running zemeckis down as a fucking prosecutor yeah. i would just play that 15 minutes of the movie and be like you failed us you stole money from the studio <laughs> i think like to me minutes from our- <laughs>
1: for me what i'd probably be like for me like this is like when you're in final cut and you're sitting there with the, your studio exec, be like are you really going to keep that shit in there? Like, just have her experience it. Why, why are you throwing in extras, man? Just, that's fine. If we got to sit through this, don't make us sit through it and make it part of, like, partly religious, too. I don't need any sort of effervescent spirit head sidelining us. Like, I don't need commentary right. from her other id. Or no, from it's, her super ego. Because
0: this is the thing. The movie, the movie has these big chunks that are really good. Yeah. It just always fucking comes back to these bafflingly horrible moments, right? Where... Her discovering the sound, right? Awesome. Fucking awesome scene, right? The, the mechanics of that scene, the pacing of that scene, the, I think the when rhythmic nature are of this pulse is fucking awesome.
1: I think when things are scientific, like this is the thing that the movie does very well. When things are scientific and that kind of shit shouldn't be – like the things that aren't – it's like this reverse, this reverse of – the things that should be exciting in this movie are not exciting at all. The things that should yeah, never be interesting. They
0: try to add the action-y sci-fi stuff and it just fucking falls on deaf ears. The things
1: that should never be exciting in this movie are probably among the most gripping moments in the whole movie. Like that sequence of like getting back to the main lab and setting everything up when James Woods and oh, Tom Oh, The Skerritt sound disappears
0: for a minute and then that touch yeah. and it, bro, bro. I was like,
1: yeah, awesome. When that the, shit is great. When, uh, uh um, oh my god, uh, William Fickner discovers like the second layer of sound, like these other, yes, these the moments... unraveling
0: of the puzzle. Because this is the thing. This movie, in those moments, it's more Arrival. Yeah, I right. Think... And then there's these other moments where it's like somehow like an even more vague interstellar. R-
1: there this is exactly what I wrote. I wrote down. I was like, there is parts of Interstellar in here that this is the this is the part these are the parts of Interstellar. I don't like
0: where but it's so much worse than that. Like, it's almost like as if it were like a fucking Hallmark version of Inter. Like, this one really makes Interstellar look metal as fuck. That's another. Well- and again, these concepts, this and the fact like these big kind of like concepts are really hard to translate into a film. I mean,
1: I don't know if I would necessarily I can't lump the fountain into this simply because it's there there's no science. There's the basis in science is so limited. Like
0: that one is limited, but it has it has at least like the funk of that. But at least like there's the a level of an in Interstellar. At like least they're one, like, if we're gonna make this, we have something we want to say. Right,
1: well like this and Interstellar And they basic- went for it. This and Interstellar essentially fall under the category for me of, like, hard sci-fi movies where someone's trying as hard as possible to do real-world application of whatever science fiction concept we're, we're conceiving of. Like, with Interstellar, right. it's, you know, um, it's, interdim- it's interdimensional, intergalactic travel. With this, it's... Right not just about it's not just that but it's also about the application of it to modern society and what it is what it does right. does to affect religion and what it does to it affect is commerce all these other pieces. place for all, all, these yeah. our, all these other pieces of our all these other pieces are like what is it going to touch and change about the way we live
0: in the modern world like it's 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 a hard time any because prometheus suffers this too where it's like As a filmmaker, I want to fucking put an exact ribbon on why we exist in the universe. I'm going to answer the one question that's driven mankind nuts since the cave days. And it's like, nope. Well, and I think that's the other part, too.
1: I think this is is actually the thing I find the most frustrating about that beach scene. Is when she's like, why did you contact us? You contact us. Because you find out. I didn't know this, that we sent radio waves from the fucking...
0: Well, we didn't. Germany did. How about that, though? That's a scene that was shockingly chilling today. Yeah. Is when they go to the, like, fucking flea market that surrounded the arrays. Yeah. And they're just like, Hitler lives again. And you're like. Great. Yeah. Yeah. That's a real thing that we've seen. Yeah. That's a a thing that is real and fucking terrifying in the world. Like, imagine all of the white supremacists are like, wait, they sent us back Hitler. Sick. In the fuck. Oh, dude, that that was actually chilling. Cause I was like, those fucks are back. anyways." Yeah, that's,
1: that's legit. There's something very realistic about that. I would say that the major that that implication is far more troubling than the religious implications. Like, and, you know, I mean, James Woods constantly being like, yeah, we agree with you. Do you think maybe they're saying they agree with them? Like, shut up, dude. Like, that's.
0: Well, like even in her hearing, right, where McConaughey is like, you know what I'm gonna do? The woman I love, I'm on a fucking roaster, torpedo, see sevone, battleship sunk. And he just goes, Do you believe in God? And like this is a panel from around the world and none of them go, Uh, hey, we don't either. Yeah. Like we have our own gods. Like, does everyone stop and say, Hey, do you believe in Krishna? Then the one weird guy in the corner has been jerking off, Hey, do you believe in Zenu? It's like, Whoa, whoa, come on now, that's insane. (laughs) That's a, I think too that, weird of a fake story for us. It's, but but okay. okay. So what? I'll say this though: I do like the manifestation. I like Jake Busey's character. Yeah, in the scene where he blows up the machine, that whole scene of introducing the machine, where Tom Skerritt does that. I wish we lived in a world where fail was the bottom line. And she's like, "I thought the world's what we made it." Tom, All right, such cool like, you're Tom like, Skerritt, such a cool moment. Like Tom Skerritt is dude. awesome in this movie, though. I love Tom Skerritt.
1: No, he's great. But he's just the character Jake is, written is such being an asshole. There,
0: well, for sure. Every single character in this movie is begging us to want to see the end of the I human gotta tell race. you,
1: I got to tell you, the security detail for that major machine that costed a third of a trillion dollars for the entire world. Right. Security could have been a little tighter. I mean, you can't tell that a guy right. who like looks like this does this.
0: Yeah. Isn't, isn't a bad guy. That guy. That I don't guy. even think he should hold a wrench. That's not a guy who should even hold a wrench around. Another, yeah. You know
1: I mean? don't want that guy out here.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's just one of those. <laughs> we have to trust our guttural instinct. We, we fucking survive saber tooth tigers instinct.
1: Yeah. That's one of those. I don't but think that guy should be. That
0: scene is fucking righteous. It is. Like, again, this is the when Zemeckis is going, he's going. Yeah. The, the mechanics and the pacing of that scene are fucking wonderful. Mm -hmm. And when they blow up the machine, it's fucking wonderful. The idea that we've done this as a species, right? That we're going to put some trust in, or at least we're willing to take a step to the stars, right? Whatever the fuck is going to happen. Yeah, yeah. And to see a fucking buffoon explode this, probably with the help of other people that don't like this machine either, right? And then his fucking terrorist tape comes out about this is for God and evolution, all that shit. You're like, yep. Sadly, we've seen that kind of shit, too. Yep, yep. That was a fucking righteous segment of the film. Yeah. That segment fucking rips. And then they just fucking step on their dick again because this whole scene becomes a Pixar scene. Oh no. Olaf's dead. Just kidding. Oh no. Elsa's sister got frozen. Just kidding. She's fine. Like, you know, Pixar and Disney love to do this now where they just kill a character. So we cry in the theater and then like five minutes later, it's like, just kidding. Cause there's no consequences to any storytelling. Um, and it fucking sucks that's what this is the moment where we as a species and this movie liberally does fucking four to five year time jumps constantly so what's another one the idea that Jodie Foster's character for five to ten more years has to keep fighting and saying hey we should rebuild this machine right this is still worth it in the face of the terrorist act and the money that becomes a better place for this movie to exist than John Hurt upside down saying hey we built another one
1: you're saying that there's not a time jump.
0: No, I'm saying there are constant time jumps of four to five year j- gaps as they yeah, move but forward in between time. Between
1: the first, the one blowing up and the one that they built in Japan, there's no time jump. I understand jump. what okay, I'm saying
0: cool. is there should have been. Oh, uh, when, okay, when she cool. goes to Sorry. John Hurt yeah, upside yeah, okay, cool. down and it's like, ah, because we're criminals and billionaires and governments, well, we stole money to build another one. That is such a this. This is the problem with this movie: the also, arrogance to be clear, and stupidity it, of that built, beat.
1: Also, to be clear, they built that thing in record time. Like it maybe. Well, I'm it took assuming a m-
0: they were building them both simultaneous, right? No, the other no, no, no just not like, the new. No, I'm kid. talking about
1: the original one that they blew up. The t- uh, Jake Busey blew up. That thing got built in like literally a month in
0: movie well, time. That's just bad direction. But <laughs> I think they said it was five years. The problem, I think there's an actual cut that says four or five years later, Um oh. they love doing that. Here's I mean, the thing. Great. When you take away and just do the, here's another reason to hate us as a species, right? Billionaires and corrupt government. We know in the poster she's going to this fucking Xenu-like planet. So the fact that they built this amazingly tense scene. We see the human carnage. Again, this is a movie that happened before 9-11, so reminiscent of these kind of moments that we've all lived through. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, we're sitting there grappling with the weight of how fucking dumb we are as a species, how one person can fucking fail all of us. And the movie, instead of grappling with that at a faith and government and science level, says, hey, just go get your fucking weird message from John Hurt. We'll immediately do the same beat. Right? So one... Are any of us sad that we now live in a world without Tom Skerritt or Jake Busey's character? No. So there's no fucking emotional impact to that moment whatsoever. It's just another reason to hate us times two. And we never sit and actually grapple with our fucking fear in the face of this greater thing. It's a moment that is just so fucking wasted because that moment should sit on us. I'm not heavy.
1: sure that's accurate. I would say that the fear what do you mean? of the fear of <laughs> here's the thing. When you think about it, the fear of this happening, the fear of what Jake Busey does is live right. You know, he you know, again, this is a religious extremist essentially. It's a heavens yeah, gate. He's a guy. terrorist. He's a terrorist. And there's the it is the To go to another world to experience to see something that w- it pu- puts us in a situation where we are not the only ones, we are not alone. To prove that we are not alone out there probably would scare a lot of people. And again, this goes to
0: yeah, it would have been awesome of- if the movie delved more into that. Yeah, for sure.
1: Agreed, however. We're on a time crunch. I think there'd be a
0: lot more Jake Buseys, yeah. In 1997,
1: (laughs) we only had two and a half hours. So, you know, now you could do this in three and probably be have have a great time. Fucking hell, yeah. Um, You know, because they make three-hour movies now. Uh, But, you know, I think that the fear of... That fear, to me, almost gets washed away. Like, when that thing blows up, there is this essence of... Relief, because it's like, oh, we've flown too close to the sun. It's like, it's like an Icarus thing. You, we've flown too close to the sun. We got so close to doing this, and now it's gone away. There is this like sense of relief, like maybe we won't. But not have for to. the
0: audience, though, right? Maybe for hang the on, citizenry. Hang on. Not for <laughs> like, the what audience. I'm saying
1: is, is what you do is sit there. You're with you're you're with Ellie, and Ellie's like, oh my god, like now we no longer can stand in the light of discovery. There's no. There's no discovery to be had. We know we had it and we lost it. So the sense of adventure is still there. The fear of the unknown is what replaces this other was what replaces what you're talking about. Because then you realize once you realize that John Hurt built another one with, I'm assuming mob money um, or whatever other money there is available on the planet, because of, again, I, the whatever cost, the cost implications alone, I can't even wrap my head around, but Regardless, the fear of the unknown as she steps into that pod, I think that's probably the thing that isn't that thing is what keeps me engaged when the fear of like,
0: yeah, you know,
1: the fear of going in the first place is gone. Like, sure. I, I, think I that-
0: understand that, like the the nature of her, you know, once more into the breach in the pod. I'm saying if you're going to build this set piece where we blow up our one connection to possibly get the answers and then immediately we're like, gotcha, there's another one. As if it were a Pixar character to make our kids cry. Like if the Titanic hits the iceberg and it's like, jump to the next Titanic and we just finished the romance story on a new boat. It invalidates the beat. It invalidates the beat of this movie. I the mean, only I, thing it does is reinforce that we are a corrupt species and that the government and this billionaire are corrupt, well, which we already know.
1: But why can't that be the reinforced beat? Like, I, I mean, like I get what you're saying, and I understand the validity of it. I just think that, you know... If
0: Olaf dies, he should fucking stay dead.
1: Okay. Well, I mean, you know, but that's a Disney movie. We're not talking about Disney. We're talking about...
0: I mean, know, essentially... But this
1: is what I'm saying. No, I mean, we're not talking about Disney movies, though.
0: This movie is most interesting, right? When it's us as a species grappling with this paradigm-altering discovery. So the fact that we know that there are people—I mean, we've seen this in our own world now. There are people who are that religious who are never going to believe it and say it's a hoax, or they'll try to, look what God did now. He made a second planet. They're not going to change, right? The government trying to control and weasel and make money, this and that. The movie is most interesting in these moments where we're debating how we as a people are going to proceed. And never are we going to proceed based on logic, it appears, right? That's where the movie gets interesting. This is a moment that you could really have wielded that, that headspace, right? We really could have sat with Ellie having righteous indignation and fury at our species for being so small and stupid for the government saying we don't think it's worth investing more money. Tim McConaughey saying, "Hey, I bet God did it." Right? Like we could have had that argument in a more interesting fashion. I mean, but instead we just reset the beat and it means nothing.
1: Well, Look, man, I mean, if we're going to do that, I mean, the whole movie doesn't need to exist, to be honest with you. Like, there is, like, a problem with the movie. You're talking about a microcosm of the movie itself, which is that... Right, I'm saying this is one of those decisions
0: they make throughout the movie that I don't understand. But what
1: you're saying is essentially the problem with the movie is that all of these things are... Like, there are these great, heady concepts to discuss in this movie that we have to move on from in favor of spectacle, which sucks. And I don't disagree with that. Right. But that's the problem with the movie at large. I still like this movie a lot. And the problem with the movie is that we can't sit with these beats because we have got to finish the movie. We still have movie to, to we have still have movie to watch. That's like probably the bigger problem with the whole thing is that with more movie to watch and with a Look, let's just say it. With a Robert Zemeckis spectacle on the horizon, you can't just stop the movie to actually have those conversations. As we have never been able to do in a Robert Zemeckis science fiction film. (laughs) There's never been a moment. There's literally a five minute beat in every single Robert Zemeckis science fiction film where they talk about this. And they're like, all right, cool. Are we done? Can we get to the next cool thing? Great. Let's do it. There's back to to the future part two. They do this for five minutes where they explain alternate timelines. Like, all right, are we done? Let's get back to the super cool DeLorean. Thank you. Like there's that is a filmmaking problem less. I'm not saying it's Robert Smacks is a shitty filmmaker, but I'm saying that is a filmmaking problem as opposed to like a writing problem or just a vibe problem in general that you and I, I think would prefer to see a movie that examines this actual thing as opposed to, okay, yeah, we'll reset the beat and then we'll move on to the next thing and we'll get to this like big, expectable, cool thing where we show up and the aliens are like, thanks for contacting us. Did you build this? no, we don't know where it came from. Sorry. I'm just cool. Saying Thanks for the answer. They're
0: trying to do both at the same time and they kind of cripple both constantly.
1: Well, and that's why I say, So it is
0: a writing problem. It is a Zemeckis problem. Cause he's like, no, that's the but movie. I this is I why make. I,
1: but this is why I think this is why I said earlier, like, if you did, if you had a longer run, if you had like one, if this was like 2020 or whatever, obviously 2020 is a bad reference, but like, 2018, 2023 at this point, if you had the run to do like a six episode TV series, that's, this is the kind of thing that comes up in writer's rooms. Where you're like, Oh, let's do a TV series about contact, blah, 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 that kind of thing. The problem is we're making a two and a half hour movie directed by Robert Zemeckis and Robert Zemeckis doesn't do those kinds of things. Right. That's all. I mean, like, you know, it's just, it's a matter of the economy of filmmaking and I think a Carl Sagan novel is a hard. Carl Sagan novel is a hard push to make a blockbuster film out of. Like, I mean that
0: that is really the the most interesting choice in the film. Is why would you make this kind of a movie or book into this kind of a movie? I mean, right? Like that is where the disconnect happened first and constantly.
1: I mean, to me, what it is, and this is like the whole point of. The Jake Busey and Matthew McConaughey characters. Because really what the movie does is it spends an inordinate amount of time discussing religious extremism and why. Like there is so much time spent on the difference between science and religion in like conversation with these characters for no reason other than just to point out that those are two completely different things. And it's a weird thing to me to spend so much time on it, yet we don't really do any deep. Like you said, we're, like, we we're talking, we've been talking about it the whole time. We do, we do no deep diving into that concept, other than these terrible moments between these two characters. With like, well, I believe in science. Well, religion can factor into that too. I also believe in science, but I mean, does it really make you happy? Yes, it does. Cool. I guess that's the end of the scene. Let's get out of here. Like that's like right. Well, the moments.
0: This. This is another thing the movie does that, again, it's just like it's constantly like great scene, head scratcher. That is kind of the rhythm of this film. Jodie Foster being interrogated is a fucking awesome scene. Uh And what they do, because no one comes in and does the We have the evidence, right? They leave her out to dry and reduce her to where now she is a fucking mystic, the same as McConaughey. Right. They ask us, the audience, to tolerate that thought, which we won't, because we went on this long fucking cartoon journey with her. So they ask us, they say, hey, will you accept the fact that she could be wrong? They're like, no, we fucking saw it. Like, we went on the journey that we were promised the titular contact. We were there. And we walk outside, and somehow she's still friends with McConaughey, even though he's been nothing but a piece of shit since their first bang. Right? Right. And she walks outside and they're like, but it's cool. Don't feel bad for this poor woman. There is now a cult of Ellie. So we we look out and see this fucking sea of blue. And they're like, Ellie, we believe you. Right. But if you pause back, you say, wait, these are all fucking people that also have zero fucking evidence that she saw anything because the government suppressed it. Right. So now the movie is saying we spent the whole movie. In theory, I'm guessing a lot of people watching it were on McConaughey's side. We spent the whole movie saying these people of faith and government, their belief in these systems is so small minded. They're they're handcuffing the movie. Why can't they be smarter? But at the end, when we see all these fucking people that on faith alone are now going to build their entire personalities and wear blue around this cult of Ellie, we're supposed to say, awesome. No, those are the same fucking dumb people we've been supposed to hate the whole movie. It's just now they're on our team? No! It's not a great way to end oh, that's it. That's what I mean. Amazing scene. Like, Jodie Foster crushes this scene. It's a masterclass in acting. And then I'm left scratching my head. So, in in closing, what I'll say is that this movie, when it's at its best, you can see that Zemeckis magic. Stunning cast, doing great work, Right? It's just, again, I cannot escape that rhythm of the film. It constantly, every time it pulls me in, it fucking kicks me in the face, Spartan style, back out of the movie. And so I find myself really torn between, because this idea of this great moment that's going to change everything, and watching how this cross-section of our pillars of society, right? Science, God, money, government react. I think it's a great place for this movie to exist. They just constantly are trying to make like a blockbuster movie out of it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I and think so like, like, way- like
0: the pillars, the movie's constantly in battle with itself.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's just, it's a hard sell for a big blockbuster movie. And I don't think that's the kind of movie it is. And I agree. I think there are better ways to, there are better ways to present the arguments that they're trying to argue and really the whole movie should have been this. The whole movie should have been basically like the contender where Ellie's on trial the whole time. And we just sort of see Mm. flashes. I I get, yeah, I don't need the fucking backstory of, you know, I I think by putting, by putting us in Ellie's driver's seat. And so we are only experiencing Ellie. It sort of compromises the, it compromises our ability to objectively, you know, make our own decisions. Like the decisions for us are being made. By the movie, which is there's no
0: debate for the audience, right? Every person we meet that's not Ellie sucks, and we went on the journey.
1: (laughs) Like I don't love that. Yeah, it's just not. It's not really. It just. It's not conducive to storytelling that I think is interesting, and I don't think that's how. I mean, you know, from my understanding, that's not how Carl Sagan worked, and it's weird that it basically just made all the decisions for the audience. It's very strange.
0: Yeah, I think. It's wanting to ask us questions and have us think about yet, it, but it reduces our ability to ponder.
1: Yeah. And yet, I still love it. I do enjoy this film no, considerably.
0: Again, there there's just a, a power behind this movie. And again, I think if nothing else, it becomes this interesting examination of when movies get this big, mm-hmm. it changes how you must approach the storytelling for better or worse. Absolutely. I think this is a really interesting case study to show young aspirational filmmakers because then they mm-hmm. could all be like oh i do this i shoot like this ah. and it's like well but there's a lot of fucking money on the line there's a lot of voices in the room right yeah. how do you shoot crisis of faith right There, there's a lot of those as this movie gets more milquetoast and fucking flat you just sometimes medium is king right and sometimes yeah. the budget is the king well i mean this how do you is a shoot crisis of, of that.
1: How do you shoot Crisis of Faith in an alien movie? Signs. Right. Where That's they show
0: us literally everything and don't let us fucking
1: ponder. Yeah. Signs. That's how you
0: do it. Yeah. I don't know. I do. I think it's a fascinating movie to discuss, even though I'm not, I wouldn't per se, that I'm a fan of this movie. But when it's, it's at its highs, works. it's really, really fucking good. Yeah, yeah. And then there are some like head scratchers, right? So you get a good podcast conversation out of it, if nothing else. That's it for contact. Guys, I hope you've enjoyed the aliens invading the pod. Happy five years, Alex. It's been a fun ride.
1: Oh, happy five years, bud. Haven't we had fun? Are we going to do five more? Or is this the end? Are we just, is This is the last October.
0: We'll see if we survive October. <laughs> if the numbers spike huge after October, I think we've got at least another four months. In us. I,
1: I think we've got a shot at another month and a half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: So enjoy these while they last. They could be oh, sparse. Oh, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> all right guys make sure you go to the uh patreon film alchemist uh pod or patreon.com slash film alchemist pod the email film alchemist pod at gmail.com we're on all the socials you're on mostly uh the youtube film alchemist guys if you want to uh watch some short films i've been making go to misfitparade.net or find misfit parade on all the social media a- apps you're on uh, making some short films over there, some short horse stuff. So you can come talk about how bad my writing is and my directing is. Oh. Uh, go over and do that. I want to say this.
1: You, so for those of you who've been with us from the beginning or who came with us along the way, thank you very much. Five years is thank a big you. accomplishment. It really the fact is. The fact that we've been doing this for five years doesn't it's it's bizarre to me because it doesn't feel like five years, and that mostly has to do with the fact that you guys. Engage with us, so for that I really mm-hmm. appreciate it. I don't
0: know. Grief. I do too, man. Yeah, because there's no way we would do on average about 110 episodes a month and put in all this time and effort and pain if we didn't love it and love the community we built here. So yeah, samezies. Thank you guys so much. You are the rocket fuel that drops us through a ring into the net. Thank you for that. We
1: believe you. You are our 18 we hours you. of static. <laughs>
0: Whatever you fucking say. We're just going to believe it blindly. We believe
1: that 18 hours of static, that's you. We're not sweeping you under the rug. That's for sure.
0: All right. If someone hates us, that would be the best review. One star, 18 hours of static. Don't do it. I'm just saying. Five Some, stars. I know, I,
1: I know one of you guys is going to do it.